Welcome to Explorers Wanted. We are a weekly Numenera actual play podcast. I will be your sweet and kind and gentle GM, woo-woo, Daniel Anderlich. With me today is Stace Babcock. I am present, but I am definitely not accounted for. Samson Davis. I'm trying to imagine what Eldritch comedy would be like. I really can't imagine. And Alex Finn. I'm buying more boy band albums to put the cards in my pretty boy album. Don't mind. But you know what else you could collect? Patience for me to pull up this thing to talk about Die Hard Dice. Die Hard Dice, what a wonderful online store for buying math rocks for your TTRPG shenanigans. And right now, if you're listening somewhere in November of 2023, they're having a little uh, holiday sale. Basically, the more you buy, the more free stuff you get. And not only that, you can still use our code Explorers Wanted with this holiday giveaway that they're doing. Giveaway? Sale? I don't know what to call it, but more stuff for you to buy for yourself and for your friends this holiday season. And you can use our code Explorers Wanted to get 10% off your order along with all the free shit that they're just basically giving away. Yeah, go buy stuff for yourself and your loved ones with our code. Please and thank you. You brought up a good point. I mean, even if you mistakenly believe that you have enough dice, you know who doesn't have enough dice? All your Mm -hmm. friends. I bet they're using that excuse to not play games like, oh, I don't have the dice for it. I can't play. That's the source of all your scheduling (laughs) problems for your games. Your friends don't have enough dice. Your your friends don't have kids. Your friends don't have jobs. Save your campaign. Get more dice. (laughs) So who remembers what happened last time? I'm going to pick on good boy Samson. (laughs) Who the fuck's that? Yay. (laughs) Yeah. So last time Ferdinand had just found Ilsen wandering around the eighth tier and we learned that yasmin had just come off from the stairs and that's where she was we also learned a little bit more about the brisker artifact that some people in the surface city had wanted it so somebody up top is hanging out with the bad kids ferdinand finally offers up a train heist job which i'm very excited for so we go to the warehouse district where the ghouls don't go at some point we also gathered uh, magpie and esri and then we kind of come up with a plan plan if i remember right is basically to sneak onto the screamers that's phase one Or not sneak on, but go on as passengers. And then with our transit guild disguises, sneak back to the cargo carts where the uh, box we're looking for is. Box full of valuable artifacts and weapons. And then leave the train with that box. Somehow. We haven't quite figured out the details on that yet. But we need to do all that within the first hour of the train. Specifically the Screamer leaving Laith for wherever it's going. It's ballast. So that's happening on Friday. It is now... At the end of this session was, I think, Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. So yeah, we have a plan for that. We all go home. Mags finds a note from Singlet, something about tomorrow at 2 p.m., so she has an appointment. Then Ezri goes home to the Enclave, gives Yasmin some stuff for injuries, possibly acquired from some stairs. And then Ezri has a little dream. She's in a tunnel, lights coming from far away, she finds Yasmin dead, and then dead Yasmin turns to her and gives her the old, they're coming for you, they're gonna dig and dig. And that's where we ended last episode. Mm-hmm. So, Esri, in that dream, you hear this dead Yasmin saying, they're going to dig and dig until they find you. And you jerk awake, and hopping up onto your bedroll is Mr. Tompkins. And he climbs onto your chest with his powerful little feet. <laughs> Each individual footstep is like somebody putting a two-ton weight in that one spot for a moment. And then he lays down on your chest... And begins purring. Aww. Esri will pet him a little bit and hopefully doze back off into a more peaceful sleep. The rest of your night passes quietly and comfortably with this extra warmth on your chest. And it's almost like that warmth and that purr is holding the bad dreams away. That's so sweet. Amazing. Nilsson, you wake up in your little hideout. I'm alone in my hideout? Yes. Okay, good. I guess Silsen will go about her day, get ready for work, and get ready for her interview with the foundry lady person. Mm-hmm. Silsen's going to head up to Tier 3, check in with the caller, and then head up to Surface City from there. Okay. You head up to the caller. You check in. There's really no news nope. of any sort. Bertram is quite busy working on some sort of piece. You're not sure what it's for, but he is riding away as fast as he can. Didn't Odalai know Bertram? Yes. Odalai strongly implied that the Briskers occasionally feed Bertram information for his stories. Mm. <laughs> and Bertram looks tired like he's been there writing all night. Elson will swing by his desk and say, Have you been here 
all night, Bertrand? Got a deadline, Nilsen. Got a deadline. All right, well, don't don't kill yourself for this job. That's the difference between you and me, Nilsen. I'm a real journalist. Oh, shit. Well, at least I'll be alive tomorrow, so good luck. As you wander off, you hear him mutter under his breath, I wouldn't count on it. Oh, shit. What was that? What'd you say, Barry? Nothing. Nilsen hmm. <laughs> strongly thinks about putting the tracker on him, but then mm-hmm. takes a sip of her coffee and decides to not. Mm-hmm. Checks in with Maul just to show that she is coming to work and stuff, and then it's up to the surface city. Yeah. Mop stole. Mop, right. Just sort of waves at you and goes back to whatever she's working on. She's running her hand through her hair, and she's got that stressed out look that she really only gets when she's doing the financial accounting at the end of a month. <laughs> Don't forget to stay hydrated. And then she leaves. Okay. So you're heading to the surface city? Yep. Heading to Foundry. Okay. Does anybody else want to do anything in the morning before I fast forward to the afternoon? Because both Magpie and Ilson have appointments this afternoon. The only thing Esri wants to make sure gets done is purchasing some ciphers before the heist. So, Okay. How much money do you have? Not me. They had to have to be a group adventure. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Actually, could on our way up to the Surface City, could Ilson check out a few right shops, cipher shops? Because Ilson doesn't have a lot of money. But she has that five-finger discount. Mm-hmm. So this is what Ilson would know about, like, finding ciphers in the Warrens, or in Lathe in general. So first of all, ciphers aren't heavily emphasized in Lathe, even though they're used a lot. It's always downplayed because of Lathe's story it tells itself about its own ingenuity. Sure. It's not like Margothy, where it's a point of pride for every place that has, you know, a place where you can acquire ciphers and things mm-hmm. like that, and rights and things so the places you're most likely to find ciphers for sale is either going to be in the lowest tiers down near the docks, meaning that somebody's acquired them, you know, black market style from the ships or sailors or whatever, and traders that are coming through that don't want to necessarily deal with the official tariffs. Mm-hmm. Or on the surface city, usually in a place that's pitching itself as it'll be selling a bunch of other stuff as well that's local and industrial but then it has like a sort of curiosity section in the back. Yeah, kind of boutique kind of thing. Yeah. You know, at the surface city, it's going to be at its most expensive. Mm -hmm. The selection down near the docks is going to be much more limited. So those are the places where there's at least business around them. Right. That's not to say that there aren't other ciphers floating around. Like, so for example... You know, you guys found ciphers in the old enclaves, you know, crawl space. There's still plenty of prior world stuff hidden around Lathe if you know where to look, but it's risky to go into those places because you don't know what you'll find. So ciphers are downplayed a lot because they are essentially, literally, prior world technology. Does Lathe or Corpus as a whole have, like, Corpus brand ciphers? Like, these are ciphers made with Corpus technology. Yes, Sort of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the same thing. Like, the Transit Guild is obviously using prior world technology and stuff like that, but it's branded as a Transit Guild innovation, regardless of how they get it. And those aren't sold, or at least those are too weak to... The Transit Guild stuff will be very well protected. But there are probably other manufacturers that will make stuff that is effectively like ciphers. Again, you'd be stealing from a factory then if you want to get them before they reach retailers. Gotcha. Okay. Yeah, Kinelson swing by one of the Surface City shops and see if, like, are there any useful ciphers or is it all just like, here are ciphers that are more just for show, just to, like, put on your shelf and show your rich friends how much money you have. Hmm. Okay. You find a shop that you've seen before, you've never gone into it before, that's labeled Gorpan's Antiquities. It's on the Surface City. It's not near the Senate. You know, it's not even near, like, the the shipping yards or anything like that. It is just sort of in a business district in more of a middle-class area. That area of the city is effectively, like, people refer to it a lot as Main Street. Mm -hmm. I mean, Lathe is really too big to have a Main Street, but that's the vernacular on the surface city when you're talking about that area of town. All right, Main Street. It's like a strip of businesses that serve primarily surface city buyers because they're the ones that will have enough money to buy there. Yeah. Uh, do they have anything in their windows or anything on display? It, it has a sign out that says it is purveyors of fine antiques and curiosities. Oh, so she would have to go in. All right. She goes in. I need to practice my non-accent anyway. So, okay. I assume you're in journalist attire. Yes. 
in her city clothes. Okay. You step in, and there is a middle-aged man with uh, salt and pepper long hair tied back into a top knot. He's also got a relatively well-trimmed mustache, but then a very unkempt beard. And he looks up at you with really, like, unnervingly bright blue eyes and says, Ah, oh, a customer. Uh, yes, hello. I'm, uh, just looking around, shopping for a birthday present for my boss's uncle. He's a fan of historical objects. Oh, oh. He gets up from behind the desk, and you can see he's got his sleeves rolled up just a little bit, but because of the weather is warmer right now, he comes out, and you can see he's wearing shorts underneath, mm-hmm. but still boots at the bottom of his legs, because, you know, there's still a risk of gas. Sure. Sure. And so he comes out from around like, well, let me help you find something. Do you know anything about uh, what periods or areas of interest your employer has? Uh, recently, he's uh, quite taken to uh, pre-Empire objects. Oh, so the really rare things. Yes, he has taste for spice, if you want to call it that. Well, then, that's quite interesting. Just a moment. And he goes and walks to the door of the shop, flips the sign from open to close, and locks the door. Follow me to the back room. Ilsen, with her thief mind, is just taking in as many details as she can about the lock, about the sign, about the switch, exits, everything. She's casing this joint. Okay. So, he leads you into the back room. He's like, so, interestingly enough, we have a variety of items here. And let us dispense with the pleasantries. We're talking about ciphers. Right? Ciphers, artifacts, oddities, maybe? Anything you have. All right, well, let's start with the oddities. And he leads you into this sort of first room in here. And as you guys step into the back room, he locks the door behind you guys. And in this room, there are a couple shells of oddities. You see something that looks like a floating crystal that's sort of slowly spinning. It's sort of purplish in color. When he reaches over and taps the crystal, it dissolves into liquid, and then a few moments later, it kind of comes back up and reforms. You notice that there is a small saddle, like the kind of saddle that you would put on like an animal about the size of a cat. (laughs) (laughs) Elsen stares at that one for a little too long. (laughs) And he points to a mirror like, you gotta be careful with this one, but it's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Take a look. Ilsen will slowly step in front of the mirror and look in. Okay. You take a look at the mirror. You see yourself in this mirror, although you're dressed differently. You're in a nightgown in the mirror. And then behind your shoulder, you see a figure kind of stepping out of the shadows of the room, stepping closer. Their clothes are kind of, again, like a nightgown. It's nothing fancy about the nightgown. But you see the face of your older sister. Oh, shit. What does she look like? Hmm. I think Ilsen's older sister is probably maybe like half a foot taller. Mm-hmm. I think somewhat like a more severe look. Like her face is a bit more angled. Resting mean face. Not bitch face, but like mean. And I think also like, where Ilsen is not super proper, Ilsen's older sister is a bit more put together. A bit more aware of her look in terms of how it shows her place in life. Oh, Okay. So even though she's in a nightgown, she's still done up, so to speak. Yeah. It's like she woke up in her nightgown and then did all of her makeup and got her hair perfectly right before she even stepped out of her room. Exactly. Yeah. But Ilsen will, upon recognizing her, immediately like, whip around. There's nobody there behind you. Aha. Uh-huh. Uh, that's it. Um, that is quite the, uh, quite the mirror. It is. It is. It's different for everybody when they look inside. What do people generally see? Well, there's all sorts of stories around it. Some people think they're memories. Some people think they're visions of the future. The man that I acquired it from claimed that it showed people in peril. But I don't have any evidence to support that. Certainly none of my prospective customers who have looked into it have suggested that the person that they saw behind them was in peril. Mm. Perhaps the gentleman was not referring to the visions in the mirror being in peril, but... Ah, never mind. Uh, these are lovely, but my boss's uncle, as I said, he likes the history of it. Do any of these have a story tying it to location, an event? Well, that's the problem with oddities. We don't really know. 
Like I said, the man who sold this to me claimed that you would see somebody in peril. But at least in far of my investigations, I haven't been able to prove that. He did say that he had found it deep in one of the tunnels. The tunnels here in Lathe? Yes, he had taken a wrong turn. He found himself away from the main tunnel network. He got lost, and he found this in a small alcove. Mm. He claimed he was there with a nano, and the nano told him what it did. Of course, no idea what happened to said nano. And I was be nanoing. Interesting. Do you have anything else? Among oddities? Certainly. He leads you over to... Sir Gorpan? Sir Gorpan? You can just call me Gorpan. Uh, well, Gorpan, um, I'm sure these oddities are fine, but... Let's get to the good stuff. Not that this isn't high quality, but you know, you know, you know. All right. Well, if you're looking for ciphers, we'll have to proceed to the next room. Other room. So he leads you into the next room, and as you step in, he closes the door behind you guys and then locks it again. The thing he's using to lock the door is it like a key? Is it a single key? A single key for all these doors? He has a keychain. Okay. Now these shelves are a little bit less full. But there's still selection here. She says, So when we get to ciphers, it would be helpful for me if I knew your budget. Hmm. I believe I was told to stay below a thousand shins, but if I saw something that seemed worth it, I could go as high as 1,200. Interesting. Well, then do you want to be looking at these ciphers, or do you want to be choosing an artifact with that kind of budget? Uh, as I said, my boss's uncle is more interested in the story, so... Okay. That is the uh, primary quality I'm looking for. All right. Well, there's a few things in here that I have stories for. Some of them, of course, are just things that I've acquired. They seem useful enough that they were worth acquiring even without a good story. Mm -hmm. This one here, he points to this small device. It's like roughly disc-shaped, and it's got two nasty prongs on it. This one was found amongst ancient ruins in Pawker. Sorry, did you say Poggers? Pocker. Okay. P-A-L-K-E-R. That is a nation to the northwest of Corpus. I have taken it for consulting. It appears to have been used in some sort of aid for construction. When used, the user can shove these prongs into their body, and it gives their skin a magnetic quality so that they can stick to metal for an hour. Nelson will remember that for later. This, he points to another device. It looks like a small compact, essentially. He picks it up, he flips it open, and you see there's a small mirror in it. Nothing fancy looking, like, on its own, it's just a small mirror. But if you activate it, and he points to a barely concealed button in it, this is ecstasy glass. When somebody presses this button and looks into the glass, for a moment... They're not aware of anything else in the world around them. And instead, they believe they're engaged in an activity that produces great and lasting pleasure. Calm down, Alex. <laughs> and when it's done, they will be rejuvenated. Mechanically, what this does is they have this like intense pleasure, and then they get to make a recovery roll right at the end that affect the rest of the recovery rolls. <laughs> That's a very funny one. <laughs> Sorry, guys, I just got to go uh, recover real quick. <laughs> I'll be in my bunk. <laughs> Don't come in. <laughs> this one. This one is a relic from a great battle. It was said to be one of the intended defenses of Margothy during the liberation of the peaks. They never got to use it. Our forces were too fast. This small weapon is a banishment cipher. Does Ilsen recognize this in any way? You've heard of it before. You know, there really aren't many of them around anymore in Margothy. A lot of them were used during what Margothy calls the War of Woes. But basically, it's a device that you can attach to a weapon. And then when it's turned on for the next 28 hours, every time the weapon strikes a solid creature, it creates a burst of energy that teleports the creature or object an immediate distance in a random direction, but not up or down. And then it provides a hindrance to that teleported creature on its next turn. Okay. They say these were once the key to Margothy's holding of the peaks. It would certainly be effective. These are all good. This one is just kind of a fun one. 
I like pointing it out. I don't have a great story for it, <laughs> but I just think it's adorable this one's that this thing exists. This is, he holds up a small thing that looks like a handle. This is a permanent handle. <laughs> when you activate it and attach it to something, regardless of what it was, it bonds on a deep level to whatever it touches, giving that object a handle. Of course, that hurts. It does cause some damage to if you are God, if you were applying it to any living creature. I don't know why you would do that. But if you've got something that needs a handle, this is a fun way to give it one. How did you know that's exactly what I was thinking? <laughs> Interesting. Well, how much would uh, these uh, pieces cost? The permanent handle is only 300 shins. The ecstasy glass is 300 as well. Magnetic skin is 200 shins. And of course, the banishment cipher is 600. Mm-hmm. Okay, interesting. My boss's uncle might be interested in the banishment cipher, but you mentioned that you also had artifacts? Yes, I have some. May I see those as well? Certainly. We'll need to go into the next room. Of course. So he leads you into the next room, again, locks the door behind you, and he says, I have three items for sale right now. I have others, but they are already spoken for. Of course. If you've ever wished to have the abilities of a nano, these shaping gloves are quite a thing. So he points to them and they're like silvery gauntlets connected by cord to like a synth belt. Anyone who wears this gains access to nano abilities for an hour. Without the need to study or anything? Yes. So mechanically what you learn is that essentially you get the ability onslaught hover and sensor for an hour okay that one depletes in 1d20 just so you know he points to what looks to be like you can tell it's multiple pieces put together like almost like in a puzzle shape and each piece looks like it's roughly fist sized these are flying stars clearly intended for ancient battles when these are activated they deploy around the caller in a sphere creating a sphere of energy for up to one hour. While the field is active and the stars remain deployed, the user can fly a long distance each round and has plus two to armor. It's a good one. Oh, man. So when you said flying stars, I thought they were literally just going to be like ninja stars. And that was it. Like, <laughs> no special ability. <laughs> these will make you... These will make all the people at school think you're the coolest guy ever. This one was a special acquisition. And he points to a corner... Initially, you just thought it was like a weird piece of furniture in the room. It's like egg-shaped, but about the size of a human. I acquired this for someone at great financial risk to myself. And unfortunately, the individual was unable to pay for the device by the time came. So it was during the you know manufacturing crash of 10 years ago. You could no longer pay for it, and it has been here. Even though I took a loss for it, I have kept it here as an investment for somebody who's willing to make the right purchase. I call this an exo-womb. Excuse me? An exo-womb. So basically what he explains to you, I'm not going to try to create a creative way of explaining this because it's easier just to explain technically what it does. Sure, sure. So it mixes the traits of one or more willing creatures to form a growing fetus in a protected inner cavity. The exo-womb has armor equal to the artifact's level. It follows the user or a designated character flying up to a long distance each round. After five months, the exo-womb opens to reveal a healthy newborn child. <laughs> That's how we grow the base. <laughs> By not fucking fucking. Oh my god. We could have a baby. Ilsen stares at this thing for like a solid two minutes without saying a word. <laughs> and then slowly turns. I'm going to have to uh, go talk to my boss about this one before I make any decisions about an exo-womb. Certainly, certainly. This one is, of course, one of my most expensive options. It is a little bit beyond your budget, just so you know. I, I showed it to you mostly because it is a notable curiosity, and perhaps even if it's not something that you decide to provide for your boss, it might be something you're interested in telling him is available on the market. I, As far as I know, it only lasts for one fetus. But I could be wrong. It could last longer. But... It's certainly safer than childbirth, and it's especially handy if you're interested in combining traits of people that, say, you wanted to combine traits of four people or more into the fetus. We could all have a baby. 
respectively, Gorpen, and I don't I don't want this to come out as a threat. I'm just genuinely curious. How has this not been acquired by the estate? Uh, this seems incredibly spicy. It is. Well, the Emperor has heirs, so there's very little interest in this item in and of itself. But one thing I would say is that while I'm a man of trade and I believe in a free market, this one would come under export restrictions. I could never sell this outside of our nation because no one wants to potentially help a nation produce more heirs to their throne. Mm. After all, there's that nasty business in the paper today. What happened today? When you were a terrorist, remember? Oh, you didn't read? Is it more uh, revolutionaries? No. Apparently it's old news in that part of the world, but Margothy is blindly making false accusations against our great empire, claiming that we were involved in an assassination of some sort. It's not real, anyway. They're just saber-rattling. Still upset about uh, the liberation, I imagine. Most likely. They've never really forgotten that. They don't understand that what we did is bring freedom to those lands. Well, in a sense kind of shifting weight a little bit as long as they stay behind their mountains stay in their place of course but you know as i've said with other people that have brought it up today they can rat out those sabers as much as they want if need be we'll show them what for of course they're overdue for a reminder anyway it's out of our hands anyway yes indeed well gorpan you've shown me a lot of fantastic interesting pieces today i can say for sure my boss's uncle will be interested in the banishment cipher as well as the uh, magnetic cipher, possibly as well as the permanent handle, but that's a lot of gifts for one person. My boss's uncle is a lot of person. Do you? <laughs> He's a big boy. <laughs> he is well fed. I Ooh-woo. will need to consult with my boss about the two artifacts, though. I I don't think you need to save the exo womb for, <laughs> for this. I That's... It's quite fine. Like I said, it is beyond your budget. It is upwards of 1700 Wow. But yes, um, if it is okay with you, I will mention it in case he has friends somewhere who might be interested. All right. Would you like to know the prices of those two yes, artifacts? Yes, I would. The Flying Stars are 850 and the Shaping Gloves are 900 All right. Well, thank you very much, Gorpan. I will have to leave and consult with my boss. Um, in the meantime, and if I can, I would like to pull out like a small, like white card, like a business card kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Ilsen will hand that to Gorpan and say, when we have come to a decision, a mark will appear until then. Oh, quite clever. All right. Um, well, it was lovely here. Uh, allow me to show you out. He unlocks the first door and starts leading you out. Mm-hmm. Uh, can I note? Does the same thing. Can I note which keys are to which locks? Yes. You could just say that and we'll just remember that as like later on an asset like the keys are very similar mm-hmm. it'll still be a role to if you want to remember it later exactly what it is but you'll you'll have an asset on it for sure excellent okay because it's not like he's showing off the keys or anything yeah, like yeah. that he's like he knows them by feel gotcha he leaves you out locks the doors and brings you out to the main area he goes over to the shop entrance and flips the sign back to open all right can i interest you in anything else we do have some lovely tea sets one enterprising young man has built this, and he points to a machine in the corner that has this like a graph attached to it. It's a coffee maker. A coffee maker. Yes, and even better, you put the ground beans in here. He points to a crank on the side. Put the ground beans, put the water in, and you see a, this crank has 28 notches on it. He's like, you can set it to brew ahead of time. How much? This is only about 50 shins. He's in the process of mass producing these. The prices are still a little high right now. These are prototypes, but I expect the prices to come down. It's a really nice device. I have one at home. It's great. I set it so that my coffee is ready for me in the morning. The best part is he has figured out a way to make this get its power from the sun. Leave it out in bright sunlight for an hour. It'll get you at least two weeks of coffee. They'll send nods and says, we'll be in touch, Gorpan. And then she leaves. My pleasure. Oh, man. Had to be 50 shins. Man, too bad you're not Magpie with the 120 shins. So it is now the afternoon. Magpie. He isn't. It's getting close to 2 p.m. I guess she's heading towards her meetup area. Okay. 
you get to the meetup, and as you get to the door, as always, when Singlet is close, you feel that chill go up your spine. That thing that, whether you ever choose to show it or not, that chill that always shakes your confidence a little bit. And as you reach for the door, you hear the voice from inside. Come in, magpie. Kind of braces herself and goes in. Singlet, as always, is sitting at that desk on the far side of the room. He's currently got a deck of playing cards that he is shuffling between those twitching fingers of his. His fingers, they always move, like, in short, rapid bursts, like when a spider is scuttling, as he's shuffling cards back and forth and dealing a hand of cards and then taking that hand and shuffling it back into the deck again. And he looks up at you with that limp hair draping down almost to his eyes. Magpie, I am hearing concerning things about the lower tiers. How is it that you, one of my best, is already under suspicion from the briskers for the task I appointed you? Well, when you keep sloppy company, it's quite hard to stay as... You took someone else on your quest? No, it's just my current group. Mm. I've invested an awful lot into your success. I would hate for that to have to change. I'm looking for a fall guy right now. Any idea who you'll use? Well, I was thinking about somebody at the newspaper because, well, it's quite easy to be like, well, it's at the newspaper, maybe. Somebody at the newspaper got wise of where Elson goes. Hmm. Where who goes? Alex. Why'd hmm? you say Elson? Oh, shit. Who just... What's your name? My character's little. Because you went to that same warehouse that day. Yeah. But we all went mm-hmm. to the warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. So if I'm framing somebody at the newspaper, and you were also dragged in there as a suspect. Only because they couldn't find Ezri. Yeah. So, is your plan then to give them Ilsen? That would be an acceptable outcome for us. She's still useful, though. So, she's not really the best fall guy. I'm waiting for someone to be annoying enough to just punt in, honestly. Odalai will not give you much time. Eventually, Odalai has to make an example of someone. Well, I just got another fun job that we could just kidnap somebody random mess with their mind enough, and they'll say they did anything. At that, Singlet leans back in his chair. Mess with their mind enough. How would you go about that, Magpie? Well, I have read some books somewhere. I'm not sure where. There's this thing called waterboarding. (laughs) I see. Like, you know something? He actually visibly relaxes a bit. Interesting. Why? Did you have a better plan? It's immaterial, Magpie. I need you to resolve this quickly and quietly. I normally do. Because I cannot continue to be your patron otherwise. And we would hate that. And I would hate to waste an asset like you. The Briskers brought you into their home. What did you tell them while you were there? Honestly, nothing. I see. He's like looking at you very closely. And at this point, I would like to offer you an XP. Yes. How's everybody else doing on XP? Uh, one advancement, one XP for me. I have four. No advancements? Oh, one. Okay. So you're at four and one, and also one advancement? Okay, then Samson. Damn, say such, you get so much XP. I was wondering that myself. <laughs> no, no, no. It makes sense because now I'm at four XP and one advancement. What happened to my XP? This is normal. You've spent a lot of XP, Samson, for real. Oh, yes. that's right. The fucking ghouls. Fucking ghouls. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. He says, interesting. He starts murmuring to himself. You hear for a moment something that sounds like fish fries, dragon's eyes. And then his voice gets all muffled, and you can feel your muscles locking up. You can see him there. You can see his mouth is still moving, but your vision is blurry but you can't hear him. You can feel your own mouth moving, but you can't hear what you're saying. And then near the end, you can see him like pause for a moment. He stands up and slowly approaches you. He comes up close and he reaches out those long spindly hands and he grips your chin, leans in close. And for a moment, his face comes into focus and you can see him say, 
You've told me the truth, the whole truth, haven't you, Magpie? Again, you feel your mouth open, but you don't hear yourself. And you feel a warm wetness going down your legs. Damn it! (laughs) I need new pants. He steps away and goes back to his desk. He moves his fingers in a weird spasmodic twitch. Again, his mouth moves. You can't see what he's saying. And then you're yourself again. And all your muscles are aching from being tensed up so much. Except for one. (laughs) One release. (laughs) That will be all, Magpie. Resolve this matter quickly. I have more work for you. But I can't give you anything while this is going on. (sighs) Find your fall guy. Or we'll take matters necessary to ensure that no risk comes back to us. You're dismissed, Magpie. Thank you. And she, like, as quick as she can, hightails it back to her house. Because she needs new pants. (laughs) (laughs) Most uncomfortable thing to be sneaky in wet pants. Esri. Yeah. Tibu comes over to you. The afternoon at this point. So, just wanted to let you know, Yasmin went out again. She'd run out to grab some things for errands, came back, and she went out again, said that she promised you that she would let people know when she was going. She said she'd be gone for a couple hours. Just wanted to let you know, so if you look for her, that you don't freak out if she's not there. Oh, thank you. Um, She's going through something. Yeah, yeah. It's Well, she's been through a lot, and honestly, because of everything she's been through, I feel like she's both had to grow up faster than she should, and she's also still behind. You know what I mean? Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm worried that she is trying to grow up more too fast. Me too. Me too. But I don't know what to tell her to do differently. We're in a dangerous situation. I know. Always. Speaking of dangerous situations... You hear the smash across the enclave and you hear Geese voice going, Sorry! 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 (laughs) (laughs) It's all right, Geese. You'll figure it out. I'm working on it. Just got way more oomph than I'm used to. Imagine if he had two of those. Anyway, so I have a job offer. All right. A dangerous job offer, but a very well-paying one. <sighs> What's the job? How dangerous are we talking? Uh, stealing a box from a screamer. The transit guild? Are you insane? They already fucked with me. And you're going to give them a second shot? Hopefully there will be no shots. No shots. But you said this is a dangerous one. Reconcile that for me. <laughs> well, we're going to try to sneak in. Sneak Sneaky is not your strong suit, Esri. I'm going to have a uniform. A uniform? Yes. Okay. What about your face? I'm going to wear my mask. Nobody wears masks on a screamer. The gas is only in lathe. Shit. (laughs) This is why I talk to you. (laughs) Yeah. Some makeup? Esri, I don't know if makeup can hide that eye of yours. It's pretty distinctive. What if we made my whole face a scar? Well, now you're getting into this. That's just beyond a touch-up. That's that's real disguise work. Do you have any idea how to do that? I, I don't. I mean, we, we were in the workhouse. Like, makeup wasn't something that we had a whole lot of access to. What do you think about sunglasses and a bandana? <laughs> Esri? I feel like we had a conversation about this very recently. 3,000 shins split four ways. That's a lot of money. I don't know if it's worth you being dead. How is our food store, Tibu? Not great, but, you know, we just had to move. We have to get our supply lines, get everything. It's, It's tough, and it's risky. And honestly, Mr. Tompkins eats a lot more than he looks like he would. How he manages to do that and keep his bow tie so clean, I have no idea. That thing looks like it's made out of silk. He's a fancy lad. <laughs> I'm dry cleaning it the other day. I, I don't know either. Um, he's really cool, though. Great conversationalist. Right. Right. Um, Tibu, without money, we're not going to be able to feed ourselves or set up these kids. Kids, like, as we're so much older. For life, without some sort of money. I I know that, Esri. I know that. And there's really one thing that I can do. Well, two things. I can break things, and I can jump. (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, Esri, that's a problem because basketball is not a sport in the ninth world. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. So, taking a box from the Screamer. I'll figure out the face thing. I mean, I just forget that it's out there, you know, and everyone can see it. I usually wear a mask. Bandages. She opens her mouth as if to say something, then pauses, says, We can't lose you like this, Esri. Nobody is losing me. There's one thing I can do, Tivu. It's survive. Transit guild again? What? What is this item that you're stealing? A crate of valuable items. Like merchant items? Or what? I'm trying to exercise some job discretion. You're going to pull that card with me, Esri? No, no, <laughs> no. I was... <laughs> I'm just imagining, like, bullets of sweat on Esri every time she talks to Tivu. <laughs> It, this is like that Key and Peele scene where, like, the husband is trying, <laughs> his wife starts asking why her browser history is cleared every time she comes back to her computer. <laughs> <laughs> a box of artifacts and weapons. Weapons. Yes. So a military shipment. That's why I have a uniform. <sighs> <laughs> I don't even know where to start with you, Esri. I don't know where to start. I feel like we had an understanding about your responsibilities when we came back here. And I see that disappears as soon as you see another job. Is this really about the money? Yeah. Is this about the money, Esri, or is this about your crusade to fuck with the powers that be? (laughs) Are you taking this risk for the Enclave, or is this because of your particular obsession? Not an obsession. It's a life goal. And partly, partly because it's my friends and they need me. And partly because it is a, and I was going to say no, Tibu, but it is a ton of money. Your, your friends? You mean the two weirdos? I would appreciate it if you didn't call them weirdos, although they are weird. O's. <sighs> Esri, goal, obsession, whatever you call it, at some point it's going to destroy you. And if I let you, it'll destroy all of us. We're already destroyed, Tibu. You call this a life? No, I don't call it a life. We're not going to have any life in this city. This is this is us trying to survive. There's nowhere we can hide in this city where it's not going to get worse. You want to leave the city? I don't know where we need to be, but I can tell you these warrants, we can only hide for so long. Do you think Yasmin or Geith are going to have any kind of life outside of this here? I'm the one that's wanted. I'm the one that's putting everyone at risk. Yeah, you are. And now you want to up the ante. Listen, Esri, it's clear to me that I can't convince you. Once you get a thought in your mind, you've made a decision, that's what you're doing. And I know that this group will follow you, no questions asked. And I'll be left picking up the pieces again if something goes wrong. At some point, Esri, you're going to have to make a real decision about who you want to be. And until you make that decision, it's just going to be more pain for everybody involved. So I understand money's good. We absolutely could use the money, but I can't ignore the risks you're taking, Esri. These people need more, and I honestly don't know what to do. What would you have me do instead, Tivu? Keep hunting through the, the, the scrap piles? Bringing home rags? If we're gonna get out, if what you really want to do is get out, then we need the funds to be able to do that. Okay. Is that our plan? Because I can get behind something like that, where we've got a plan for what we're doing here. If our goal is just to bring in money to survive like the way we've been surviving there's no future in that we're just going to be a bunch of escapees hiding around the warrens like rats in a home Yasmin deserves better Geeth deserves better they all deserve better hell Esri I deserve better and so do you she tenses up again as if she's about to say something I'm going to stop here or I say something I can't take back just don't die and give me some space stay away from me Esri at least for a little bit and she turns and walks away. As she walks to the other corner of the room. <laughs> <laughs> Zidon is sitting there, like, drinking <laughs> some coffee. And he's just trying his best to, like, stare off in no particular direction like he didn't just hear the entire conversation. I mean, isn't that the whole enclave <laughs> in this, like, kind of small room? Yeah, it started off as a private conversation, but then Tibu's voice kept raising. Mom and mom are fighting again. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try not to die. Sidon says, Oh, what? 
coffee's good today, right? <laughs> I haven't had any yet, Zidon. Oh, let me go get you some. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where we're at. Let me go get you some. <laughs> Fuck. Um, Stace, something about this episode. Oh, man. I get to pick? Mm-hmm. Learning more about magpies, whatever shit she's into. <laughs> Apparently peeing on myself. Apparently a lot of lot of crimes. Only a couple. You need to find your activation phrase. But I, I had to be the womb thing. <laughs> if I had to pick one thing. You mean the fact that we're going to have a baby? <laughs> I don't think I, I mean, we do need to grow the base, so... Otherwise, I'd be totally against it. Yeah, the Exo Womb is kind of crazy. Like, I just grabbed some random cards out of the artifact deck and dealt some artifacts for what he had. And I saw that come up and I'm like, God, that's too weird not to include. <laughs> Absolutely. That definitely can't be our priority. But if we have room and the time, it is. We can, no, we can't. We got to get the coffee machine yes. before the womb. That's how low priority it is. We have $50 to go in and be like, give us the coffee machine. And FYI, you're now our fall guy. Oops. Well, actually, I have, we're going to need to talk about that in character because I have another idea, but I do like your idea. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're going to rob him anyway. You're going to do that to that poor merchant? Yes. He had so much cool stuff. He was so open with you. Yeah, he, he was pretty cool. Daniel, have you met us? Mm-hmm. Suspiciously so. So we have a segment that we do each week called Player Intrusions. That's where we offer you, the listener, an XP to check out something that we think you'd really dig. This week, it is Stace's turn. Stace, what would you offer our listeners an XP to check out? I would offer our listeners an XP to check out This Gilded Abyss by Rebecca Thorne. It is a book. Mm. It is, I don't know, some sort of punky. I'm not sure. But the main character is, name is Nix. <gasps> so bonus points for that. Sergeant Nix Marr. And the other main character is Cassandra, who is like a royal of some kind. And this takes place in this nation called Valkesh, which is like surrounded by mountains, kind of like Switzerland, except... A little bit more fascist than that, it seems like. Yeah, I was going to say, it's probably not neutral. No. Uh, and they're actually, like, besieged. they had separated from the surrounding nation at some point. We're actually, like, fighting off frequent incursions from that other nation trying to take it back. But the reason that this little nation is so powerful is because of the substance that they mine called Icaron. And to get there and, and get the Icaron, you would have to go down into the abyss and harvest it from, like these old caves and old dead skeleton and and stuff like that. So it was very dangerous to go and do that. In this book, Nyx gets kind of shoehorned into being the bodyguard for Cassandra, who is going to fall, which is the city where all of the mining, or it's not really a city, it's it's like just an island in the water. I just mean the sense that Velkesh is basically in itself just a city. Mm. And so then this other place is just slightly smaller, but uh, they take a submarine and the submarine starts way high up on like a ramp and then they they roll it forward and down and the momentum continues to carry it across to um, fall. And so most of the book takes place on the submarine. So Cassandra and Nix go on there. There's a bunch of political intrigue, lots of good reasons for Cassandra to need protecting, quite a few badass fight scenes. And long story short, all hell breaks loose on the submarine. There is some sort of disease going around might be related to the Icaron. And the true nature of the Icaron is sort of the central question of the book. And what it actually turns out to be, or what it seems to be at the end of the book, it is at least a two-book series, is really intriguing and really cool and quite a twist. So I do encourage everybody to check out This Gilded Abyss by Rebecca Thorne. It was just like a really light read. It was easy to read, but it is not a light book. I'll put it like that. It's a very dark book. A lot of betrayal, a lot of mystery, a lot of people cracking under pressure but i really really enjoyed it and i'm looking forward to, to book two mm, very cool okay well if people wanted to tell us what they think about this gilded abyss or the podcast how would they do that samson well we have a website explorers1.fm on there you'll find the uh, social medias that we are using these days on mastodon we are at explorers wanted at dice.camp blue sky explorers1.fm instagram and facebook at explorers wanted podcast but best place to hang out with us is our Discord, explorerswanted.fm slash Discord. Also, if it is within your means and you're feeling generous, patreon.com slash explorerswanted is the best place to support us. And please use our dice failure code with Diehard Dice. Type in explorerswanted, get 10% off your order. And sincerely, check out their uh, holiday sale. It's pretty cool. I just did. And honestly, if you can't financially support us, 
we totally understand. The best thing that you could do for us is to tell your friends, tell them why you like the show, why they should listen to it. Podcasts grow by word of mouth. The second best thing you could do for us is leave us a five-star written review on a podcast directory like Apple Podcasts or Podchaser. And in fact, we have a new one of those. Stace, could you tell us about that? Yes, Relig von Ruthven left us a five-star review on Podchaser, and it reads, My fave actual play podcast is Explorers Wanted. As a regular weekly Numenera show, it offers excellent levels of sound quality, amazing storytelling, characters, and background building, atmospheric music, beautiful editing, and sound effects from GM and players. Two campaigns and hundreds of episodes. Mature language, LGBTQ-friendly, full of cinematic adventure, professionalism and memorable laughs check them out thank you very much thank you relig von ruthven yes thank you so much don't fully remember the professionals part when were we professional i think it's maybe it's the sound that's oh okay that sounds more accurate so daniel Uh, (laughs) yeah thank you so much for that review those reviews do mean a ton to us if you didn't like the podcast or if you just thought it was meh well it's a fact that within your guts is a biome supporting whole colonies of bacteria. Your blood teems with the specialized cells of your immune system, operating autonomously of your control. All these and stranger things beside live, grow, eat, and die within the fragile infrastructure of flesh and bone that you call a body. You contain multitudes, and soon they'll want it all. If you want to reach out to us individually on social media, you can. You can find me on Macedon as Daniel at Anderlik, A-N-D-R-L-I-K dot org. You can find me on our Discord. I'm Stace Windu. I like to keep my body in line by nuking it with Chinese food every like week or two. I'm at Slime Potato on Twitter and at Slime Potato at Dice.Camp on Macedon. I'm currently working on remedying the fact that my skeleton is always moist. I'm Tea with Unicorn on Instagram, Threads, and Twitch. What, your skeleton's always moist because it's coated in blood. You just said the word moist. That was enough <laughs> to make me laugh. <laughs> We're simple people, Alex. I love saying moist to my mom because it just it's her squeak word. Moist. Moist. <laughs> moist. Mother, it's moist. <laughs> All right, that's it for us. Hope you enjoyed the show. We'll be back next week as we will for every week in the foreseeable future. Have a good night, day, weekend, or whenever you're listening to this. And bye. 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 bye.